please turn them with me to Matthew chapter number 6. In that first worship song that we sang today, the line that really spoke to my heart was when the songwriter said, I choose to praise. How many of you understand this morning that worship is a choice? And we can choose whether to worship the Lord or not worship Him. And many times we do so, we choose whether to worship or not worship, depending on how we feel. And a lot of people say, well, Pastor, you just don't know what's been going on. You don't know, you know how um, things have just went haywire in my life, and, and I just don't feel like worshiping today. Well, folks, whether you feel like it or whether I feel like it or not, God's still worthy of worship. And we miss out on so many opportunities to worship the Lord and to bring praise to Him because we let our feelings get in the way. Don't do that. Make a choice to worship. I'm choosing to tell Jesus how much I love Him. I'm choosing to sing praise unto the Lord. Not because of who I am or what I feel like, but because of who He is and what He's done for me. So, uh, wow, powerful time of worship this morning. Thank you, brother, so much. Thank you all, worship team, man. Y'all do a great job. Lead us into God's presence through praise and worship. Matthew chapter number 6. I'm going to read for you verses 9 through verse number 15. Let's read together. Therefore, do not, do not do like them or be like them. For your Father knows the things you have in need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, look at verse 14. Very, very powerful verse. Look what it says. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Look at verse 15. Man, this really... Um, blew me away. He says, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We're thankful, Lord, today that you've met with us already. Lord, that's what we need. That's what we desire. Lord, that's what we came here expecting. We need a fresh touch from you today. Holy Spirit, we're asking for a fresh anointing. We're asking that you do the work that only you can in the hearts and lives of people. I'm asking that you do the work that only you can do through me. Lord, these people need not hear what I have to say. They need to hear the truth of your word preached in your power. And Holy Spirit, I'm praying you do that today. I'm praying you use me as your mouthpiece. Speak to me. Speak through me. Fill me up and pour me out for your honor and your glory. God, I pray that you show us the freedom of forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In a perfect world, there are no broken hearts. In a perfect world, the people who are closest to you always do the things they're supposed to do. In a perfect world, those who are closest to you never don't do the things they're not supposed to do. Amen? <laughs> That's in a perfect world. In a perfect world, there is no need 
for forgiveness. In a perfect world, I don't fail people and people don't fail me. In a perfect world, listen, we have no need of grace. We have no need of forgiveness. We have no need of mercy. But I think we all know all too well that we don't live in a perfect world. Can you say amen? Not by a long shot. And the truth is, people fail me and I fail people. The truth is, sometimes I do what I'm supposed to and sometimes I don't do what I'm supposed to do. Even as a child of God. And that's not just true for me, that's true for you as well. You say, well, Brother Israel, how in the world do you know me? How do you know what I do or, or what I don't? Well, I don't really, but I do know what the Word of God says. And the Word of God tells me in the book of First John chapter number 1 that if anybody says he has no sin, he deceives him on self. And he goes on to say, if you say you do not struggle with sin, then you yourself are a liar. That's pretty strong words, isn't it? So this morning, I'm telling you that forgiveness is needed in the pew and forgiveness is needed in the pulpit and everywhere in between. We all need forgiveness and we all need to forgive. And I'm going to tell you something. There is great freedom in forgiveness. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Listen to me. Uh, uh, listen to a quote. I wrote down this week from D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was in his day uh, the Billy Graham, and he lived before Billy Graham, but he was a world evangelist that went everywhere preaching the gospel, and the Lord used him in a very, very powerful way. D.L. Moody once said, There is one sin that Christians have more trouble with than any other. There is one sin that is holding the power of God holding back the power of God in the life of believers more than any other sin. And he asked the question, would you like to know what it is? He said, it is the sin of an unforgiving spirit. And I believe that. I believe that. I think he's absolutely right. The sin of unforgiveness in my heart and the sin of unforgiveness in your heart, the sin of unforgiveness in the church keeps us from being what God wants us to be keeps us from experiencing the power and presence of God in a fresh way, in a way that changes us and changes others. An unforgiving spirit, listen, keeps us in the prison of guilt and an unforgiving spirit keeps us in the prison of bitterness. Now, let's define our terms. When I say guilt and bitterness, what am I talking about? Well, guilt is the feeling I have when I know I've missed the mark. Right? You ever feel guilty about maybe some area that you've fallen short in your life? There may be people here this morning in this sanctuary or listening to me online, and maybe you've fallen short at being a father. You've fallen short at being a mother. Maybe you've fallen short at being a husband or a wife. You've fallen short at just being the human being that you always wanted to be and know you should be. You know you've fallen short and there is a measure of guilt, heaviness, a burden that comes along with that. Happens for us all. Guilt will keep you burdened down and in prison where you can't experience the freedom that Jesus offers. Guilt becomes a prison. But not only does guilt become a prison, listen, bitterness also 
becomes a prison. You say, Rosa, what's bitterness? Well, bitterness is not where I've fallen short. Bitterness is the feeling I have towards someone else who sinned against me. Bitterness is not about my sin, but someone else's sin. And I'm going to tell you something. Bitterness will certainly keep you bound up and bound down, and you will never experience the freedom Jesus wants you to experience. Now, I've got great news for you. There is a remedy for guilt and for bitterness. There is a remedy that will set you free of the prison of guilt and bitterness. And that's nothing other than forgiveness itself. That's what Jesus is talking about right here in Matthew chapter 6. Look how he puts it. He said, when you pray, you pray like this. Forgive us our debts. He says, first of all, deal with yourself. Amen. And how do you know, all of us need to deal with ourselves. Folks, I can't speak to what you're struggling with, and I can't speak to how you've fallen, but I can certainly look at my own life and take inventory and see where I've fallen. I can certainly experience and do experience from time to time the guilt that comes from falling short even as a believer. And so Jesus says plainly, the first thing you need to do is deal with you. We've got to deal with us. <laughs> and sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, isn't it? It's so much easier to look at the faults and failures of others. It's so much easier for us to find fault when we look around. But sometimes it's very hard for us to look inward and see where we've sinned, see where we've fallen short. And so Jesus makes it plain. Look, if you want to be set free of the prison of guilt, the shame that you feel from your own shortcomings, from your own sin, the first thing you need to do is get from forgiveness for God. Now, how many of you know, when you get forgiveness from the Lord, that sets you free of the guilt you're feeling. I was talking just this past week to a dear brother. And he was giving testimony of what God had done in his life and how that God had actually broken uh, uh, the, the, the chains of some sin that had him bound up and bound down. And he said something I'll never forget. He said, that weight, that burden that I used to feel, that heaviness that was upon me, I don't feel it anymore. Well, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, how is that possible? That's possible when we ourselves take a look at us. We, we take a look on the inside and we ask the Lord to forgive us our debt. Forgiveness from the Lord sets us free from the prison of guilt and shame. But now, listen to me. When we choose to offer the same forgiveness that was given to us from the Lord to others... When we offer forgiveness for how other people have wronged us, then that sets us free from the, the, the prison of bitterness. Because if you don't forgive others, listen, that root of bitterness will grow up in your life and choke out all the joy and peace and freedom and love that the Lord wants to show others through you. Bitterness is very dangerous. You ever been around a bitter person? Everything's wrong. Nothing's right and ain't nothing going to be right. You ever been around bitter people who find the negative in everything? I don't care what it is. That is a sure sign of a bitter spirit. 
And, and the Bible tells us how to get rid of it, how to be set free from it. And the answer is forgiveness. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the freedom of forgiveness. How we as believers, as Christ followers, are set free from forgive, for, by forgiveness. And, and how, listen to me now, we experience the freedom in our relationship with others when we choose to forgive. Let me give you, first of all, I want to give you the, uh, the reason for forgiveness. And I'm going to give you four sub-points with it. Why do we forgive? Why does the Bible tell us that we should forgive others uh, and ask forgiveness for ourselves? Well, first of all, I want to talk to you about the grace factor. The grace factor. Now, I've given you many different definitions of grace. And the one that I really like is that God, that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. You ever heard me say that? That we receive what uh, only God can give. Not because we are worthy of it, not because we are deserving of it, but simply because God loved us. And because God loves us, He gives us the riches of Christ because of what Jesus has done on behalf of each and every one of us. The Bible teaches that in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. I read it before service time this morning and during our devotion time. Listen to what the Bible tells us there. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to what? The riches of His grace. It is by God's grace that we obtain forgiveness from God for our sins. Somebody say amen. Now aren't you thankful for that? Without grace, we have no hope. Without grace, we have no life. Without grace, we are still in our sins, condemned to a devil's hell, condemned to live a life free of the power of God. But because of God's grace, the Bible says my sin has been put as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says it is through the blood of Christ that is applied to my heart and life by faith that I am made clean. I am washed in the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. There's no other fault I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that our sins are washed clean. All of that is available because of His grace. God's grace has been given to you. Now why did we need it? Because we owed a debt. That's what Jesus called it. He said when you're praying about your sin, when you're praying about your shortcomings, you say, forgive me of my debt. Debt is something that you owe. Now what did we owe, holy God? We owed a debt because of our sin. God who is holy and righteous and just and perfect in every way, we who are not became indebted to Him because of our sinfulness. Sinfulness that we were born into. How many of you understand we came here born into this world with a sinful nature? That's you, me, and everybody. We came here sinners. We're sinners by nature, the Bible teaches. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12 says, As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for every man has sinned. We came here with a sinful nature that was passed down from us uh, to us from Papa Adam all the way back in the garden. So that every man, woman, boy, and girl that's born of the seed of Adam is born with a sinful nature. We are born into sin. 
We're sinners by nature, but we're also sinners in attitude. Amen? How we think. I, I told you this before, I'm going to tell you again, folks. My thoughts alone are enough sometimes to send me to hell. Just how I think. He said, Brother is it really a sin to think wrong things? Absolutely. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, chapter number 6, that before God caused a flood to come upon the earth, He said, the thoughts and intentions of the heart of all men were on sinful things continually. God pays attention to how we think. My thoughts alone are enough to make me a sinner. See, the truth is, if I could take my thoughts and somehow put it up on the screen this morning, you probably wouldn't let me preach next Sunday. However, if I could take your thoughts of what you think from time to time and somehow put it up on this screen, I'd have a whole lot more to preach on. Now, why is that? Because we're all Sinners standing in need of a Savior. Amen? Now the good news is God has given us His grace. And the debt we couldn't pay, there's no way we could make ourselves right with God who is holy. There's no way in our ability and no matter how good we could try to be, the Bible says that our righteousness, the good things we do, we're like, we, we have done are like filthy rags when you hold them up next to God's standard. Isaiah 64 and 6. So I'm never going to make myself right with God. I needed God's help. I needed God's grace. And He's shown me grace through the person of His Son and His finished work. And now, because of that, Ephesians 1.7 says, I have redemption. Grace has been given to me. I've received God's free gift of grace by faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. <laughs> it's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, Ephesians 2 and 8. Are you getting the picture? Grace has been extended to us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now that grace has been extended to us, now that grace has been extended to me, we are to extend that same grace to others. So why should we forgive? We should forgive because of the grace factor. I give to others what God has given to me. He said, brothers, you just don't know how they've wronged me. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know the things they did. You don't know the things they didn't do. You don't know how they hurt me. And let me say something very clearly this morning. I don't know. And I am not in any way trying to diminish the hurt that you feel because of the actions of someone else. I am not in any way trying to diminish the bitterness that's now in your heart because of the actions of someone else. I know people do hurt us. All of us. I know that. I get that. I sympathize with you and I empathize with you because I've been where you are. When someone who's close to you hurts you, it cuts deeply, doesn't it? So I am not in any way, any way, trying to diminish that. Please don't misunderstand. It may have been your mama or your daddy or your brother or your sister, a friend, workmate, an employer or an employee, somebody may have 
hurt you deeply. Now let me read to you a quote from an evangelist by the name of Sam Jones who lived in the 1930s. I love this. He said, there was a time when I had a problem with forgiving others. And then I realized, I came to the realization one day that I am not going to fall out with anyone until he or she treats me worse than I treated Jesus. That's good stuff. That blessed my soul when I read it and also convicted my heart. You know what Mr. Jones is saying? This brother is saying, look, I'm going to offer forgiveness and not fall out with anybody until they treated me worse than I treated. Well, how bad did we treat Jesus? Well, the Bible says it was because of my sin he was crucified. I crucified Jesus. Whose fault was it that the cat of nine tails was laid across his back? Well, it was my fault. He was dying for my sin. He was taking the punishment for my sin. Whose fault was it that Jesus was humiliated? His beard was ripped out. He was spit upon and cursed. Well, that was my fault. It was for my sin he was dying. Whose fault was it that the cat of nine tails was put on his back, the crown of thorns was put on his head, and the spikes were put through his wrist and through his feet, and he was hung on a cross? Why why did that happen? Whose fault is that? Well, that's my fault. Why? Because he was dying for my sin. And He was dying for your sin. He was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. I want you to understand and know it was because of our sin Jesus died. And so, listen, we can't withhold anybody forgiveness because nobody has treated us worse than we treated Jesus. The grace factor. We must extend grace to others that has been Extended to us. Let me give you another one. Not only do I want you to think about the grace factor, but I want you to think about the guilt factor. The guilt factor. Now Jesus said, if you want forgiveness, what you got to do is ask for it. First of all, before the Lord. Right? Because that's what counts. (laughs) That's what counts above everything else. I want a right relationship and right fellowship between me and the Lord. And so the first thing I do is I ask forgiveness for my own stuff. Forgive us our debts. Forgive me of my shortcomings. Forgive me of my sin. And and listen, like I said before, when you receive forgiveness from your sin or for your sin, then, then listen to me, folks, that guilt and shame goes with it. That burden is lifted. Praise the Lord. I remember when I first trusted in Jesus as my personal Savior, I remember how the weight of my sin was lifted from me. Do you remember that? Bless my heart. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I remember as a, as a child of God, as I've gotten away from the Lord and done some things that were not pleasing to Him, and listen, I, I got into places that sin took me further than I wanted to go, and God shook me, rattled my cage a little bit, and, and shared with me, convicted me, chastised me and brought me back to himself and I got things right I remember that burden being lifted that heaviness being lifted from me that guilt being taken away Jesus promises freedom to all who trust in him that's why he says who the son sets free is truly free indeed so guilt 
it, it, it goes away when the sin goes away. But now listen, when we withhold forgiveness from others, what did Jesus say? If you don't forgive others, then your heavenly Father won't forgive you. And that what He said in verses 14 and 15? Let's look at it. Matthew 6, 14 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's a conditional statement. The first thing, you've got to offer forgiveness before you expect forgiveness. Wow. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also, for, will also forgive you. When you withhold forgiveness from others, you close the door for God's forgiveness in your life. And if there's no forgiveness, the guilt remains. The heaviness, the burden remains. And so not only should we forgive others for the grace factor, but we should also forgive others for the guilt factor. I don't want to be under this heavy weight of guilt and shame anymore. I want forgiveness from God, so I'm going to forgive others. Now, this is how we act sometimes, though. This is how we think, because I've been there myself. Well, I tell you what, I I may forgive them, but I'm not going to have anything to do with them anymore, I'll tell you that. I think really what Jesus is saying here that God is going to deal with us as far as forgiveness goes, just like we deal with others. So if we have that mindset, well, I ain't going to have nothing to do with them no more. Well, do you want God to have something to do with you? I mean, do you want God's presence to be real and powerful and vibrant in your life? You can't act that way toward others. Well, Brother Israel, I'll tell you what, I'll forgive them, but I can't forget. Well, let me ask you, do you want God to forget on your behalf? I sure do. Really what Jesus is saying is a very powerful thing. I'm going to deal with you as far as forgiveness goes, just like you deal with people who wrong you. It's eye-opening, isn't it? Very powerful statement. So number one, we should forgive others for the grace factor. Extend the same grace that's been given to us. The guilt factor, of course. But now let me give you another one. We should extend forgiveness to others because of the gain factor. The gain factor. You say, brother, what's the gain factor? Well, look in Matthew chapter number 18. Matthew 18, verse number 15. Watch what the Bible tells us. Jesus is here speaking to his disciples on the subject of forgiveness and what happens when a brother or sister in Christ don't see eye to eye with one another. He says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, watch what he tells us, you have gained a brother. Now, how many of you understand that brothers are important? Brothers and sisters in Christ are of utmost importance. One of the great blessings of my life is being a part of the family of God, the greatest blessing of my life as being a part of the family of God. It's in the family of God that we grow together to become what God wants us to be. We encourage one another. We edify one another. We do what's necessary to fulfill God's purpose, many members being one body. And that's such a powerful thing. I'll tell you why. Because what I do for Jesus and what you do for Jesus will echo throughout all eternity. And so I'm glad for brothers and sisters. 
I don't want to lose brothers and sisters. I don't want to fall out with brothers and sisters. And so I'm going to forgive them. And the Bible says, when you work to do that, to forgive one another, you gain a brother. That's a good thing. I don't want broken relationships. I want healed relationships. But we must do forgiveness and work in these matters like God's told us to work. He says if somebody's offended you, go talk to them. You and him alone. You and her, whatever the case may be. He doesn't say talk about them, does he? I didn't see that. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell everybody else in the church his fault. Does it say that? Go and tell your, your, the, 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 the person you like to be negative with. Go tell them their fault. Because let me tell you what I figured out. Misery loves company. And those who are negative will always find somebody to be negative with. Right? That ain't what he said. He said, don't do that. You go right straight to the source and deal with it there. So if you've got an offense toward a brother or sister in Christ, and that may happen from time to time. It does happen. Then you go then and get it taken care of. Why? So that you can gain that brother. You can gain that sister. You don't want to lose them. You want to gain the grace factor, the guilt factor, the gain factor. Let, let me give you one more verse concerning that. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 24. Here's what the Bible tells us there. Matthew 5. Let's just start with verse number 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there, remem and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Isn't that something? So what Jesus is saying is, if you're going to bring something and give to the Lord, that's good. But when you get there and, you, and, and, and God begins to re reveal to you, you begin to remember that you've got something between you and your brother that ain't right. First go get that right and then come back and give whatever you're giving to the Lord. Because if you don't, that what you're giving will be tainted. Why? Because of an unforgiven spirit. Very important that we gain a brother, don't lose a brother. That's of utmost important as far as Jesus says it right here. Um, before you even give the gift to the Lord, go get it right with your brother. Now, the, the third one that I want, or the fourth one that I want to give you, not only the grace factor, the guilt factor, the gain factor, but also the grief factor. Why should you forgive others? I, I put in your bulletin this morning something that I read on, uh, on the front of a, of a shop years ago um, in the middle of town, as a matter of fact. And, and it said, um, when you harbor unforgiveness in your heart towards someone else, it's like allowing that person to live inside your head rent-free. And that's true. When you, harbor, when you hold a grudge, when you harbor hate and unforgiveness, it becomes all you think about. And that root of bitterness grows like kudzu. And y'all know how kudzu grows. Before long, it's taken over everything. And everything you, you see, you look at through the lens of bitterness. That comes negativity. So you've got to get that unforgiving spirit taken care of. 
so that you can break free of that prison of, of bitterness. And, and, and listen to me, folks. If you don't, it's going to cause you more grief than anybody else. Edgar Tozer said, having an unforgiving spirit is like drinking poison and hoping someone else dies. It causes you more grief, more heartache, more pain than it ever will the other person. So the best thing we can do is by God's grace offer the same forgiveness to others that's been given to us. Amen? Everybody stand together this morning. The Scriptures offer us freedom from the prison of guilt, from the prison of bitterness. And listen to me, folks. It's available for you today. But the first thing you need to do is just what Jesus said. Lord, forgive us our debts. It's me first. Lord, forgive me where I failed you. Forgive me where I've fallen short. Forgive me for where I failed in this other relationship, whatever it may be. Forgive me, Lord. Get it right with God. And then he says, as we forgive others, their debts against us. So I get it right with God first. Then what do we do? We get it right with our brother. We get it right with our sister. We get it right with whoever it is. That's wrong. It's hurts. In a perfect world, we don't need forgiveness. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's sad to say, we don't live in a perfect world. And so I'm telling you, if you want to live in freedom, walk in joy, and have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Seek forgiveness from God and give forgiveness to others. You say, Russell, those who wrong me, they're no longer here anymore. Let me tell you what I, I, I love, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. And he said something years ago I'll never forget. He was counseling with a man in his office who was harboring an unforgiving spirit toward his dad. And Dr. Jeremiah, he kept telling me, he said, look, you've got to be willing to forgive your father. And he said, well, I can't do that. I can't do that because he's no longer around. And he said, well, let me tell you what you do. You just speak it anyway and say, Dad, I forgive you. Hey. And he said that young man began to do that. And he said he was set free of the bitterness that he once held on to because he himself was forgiving. He let it go. He moved on. And that's what the Lord wants for all of us. Let it go. Move on. Forgive others as the Lord has forgiven us. Maybe you need to come this morning and just pray for, for wisdom. Maybe you want to come and, and ask the Lord for forgiveness in your own life. Maybe you want to come and pray about relationships that need mending. Maybe you want to this morning come to this altar and ask God to do what only He can do hearts and lives of people. I'm telling you, God is listening. God is able. God can do what we can't if we'll let Him. Let Him.
give it to Jesus. Cast all your care upon Him today. He cares for you.